Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Wow. Thank you, Mark, Kristen. Bless you. You may be seated. Great to have you here this morning. I know a lot of our people are home still quarantining. It's good to see all of you on the live stream this morning, but it's great to have you that are here with us on this beautiful week before Christmas week. And there are live candles burning up here. Y'all pray that I do not knock one (laughs) fill golded into the... We'll try not to do that. All right, it's, uh, it's great to uh, be back this morning, the opportunity to bring the word. Um, thank you, L. Clark, for uh, bringing that word last week. Let's give it up for L. Amen. It's, uh, wow, he did a phenomenal job, and uh, I appreciate it very much. Uh, where is Melissa or Pastor Tad? Somebody, anybody in here that's uh, on my team? Tom, you know how to... Get my iPad right? Sorry, I got to, uh, it flipped on me. I need it to, I think it, there it went. I think it flipped back. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. You just touched it. That's all I need. I am such a tech-savvy person. Not. Anyhow, uh, this morning, a couple things before I get into the Word. First of all, it's a joy to have uh, some very dear friends of ours that we met a year and a half ago in, uh, and you'll have to forgive me for butchering the town that you live in, but uh, I call it Peora, Peru. Uh, he calls it something else. Um, but anyhow, it is great to have uh, Pastor Jose and his beautiful wife, Katrina Cat, as I remember. And uh, that's Logan, is that right? Logan and I think Timothy and Zoe are in the back in jam. You guys stand and wave at our people. These guys were... Uh, they were amazing, amazing hosts uh, for us in, in Peru. And the first Sunday we were there, I had the privilege to preach at the Powerhouse, their church. How many of you were with me on that? Let me see your hands. Some of y'all got to go on that. And um, we had a great time. They have a great church. They have been shut down for nine months. Uh, 50% of all the evangelical churches uh, in that area have shut down completely because they had no accessibility to continue to speak to their church. They had no ability to do Wi-Fi live stream, but thank God, uh, Pastor Jose and their church has been able to do that and maintained. And they came in March for a week uh, for uh, some kind of retreat in Houston, Texas. And uh, the week after they got here, uh, they came with one week's luggage nine months ago and uh, got stuck in Houston uh, for nine months. They've been living uh, in somebody else's bedroom. And uh, they are on their way to Miami, and they'll be flying out on January the 7th. We need to pray that everything works well because Peru, like many other nations, are talking about shutting down again. So we're hoping they get home. If not, they might have to just move here to Gainesville and be with us for a while, so uh, that would be okay as well. Uh, And the other thing real quick, uh, your final count for your seed offering for the fall was, there it is, $185,495, in which 10% of all of that will go to world missions, and the rest will go to uh, pay this beautiful building off that the Lord has blessed us with. All right, I want to get into the Word this morning. 
Join with me in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for uh, your anointing today, not only on my ears and my heart, my mind, my voice to speak this word, but there's an anointing, Father, for everyone in this place to be able to hear and to receive and then to do uh, something with this word that you speak into their lives today, uh, each one individually, those that are in the house, those that are watching online, those that will listen on the podcast this week. So thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for your anointing that breaks the yoke, sets captives free, enables us to receive the fullness of your word and let that word work mightily in our lives. So I give you thanks and praise today in Jesus' name and everyone said. Amen. All right. Psalm 91. I want to read a few verses here. Uh, And today I have titled this message, Dare to Imagine, uh, over the last couple of weeks as I uh, rested a little bit and uh, walked a lot, prayed a lot. A couple of things happened on Tuesday morning early, not because I'm spiritual, uh, but for whatever reason, uh, I was awakened uh, way before daylight. And as soon as... uh, I realized I was awake, there were four words that dropped into my spirit concerning this whole message of imagination. And and, uh, I trust that for many of you, the same thing that Holy Spirit is doing in my life, you're allowing him to do in your life, and that is to enable you to discipline your thought life. You're bringing every thought captive, getting into the word, renewing your mind, turning off stupid vision, and uh, getting full of the word of God, and worship, and prayer, and and asking Holy Spirit, uh, what can you imagine? First of all, let me ask you this question. How many of you are ready for 2020 to be done? Besides myself, anybody? All right. So as we're wrapping up 2020, you know, my question is, what can you dare to imagine for 2021? First of all, I'm imagining that my church family is going to be able to come back to the house of God. Amen. Everybody, that we're going we're gonna to overcome COVID. We're going to uh, walk in faith. And uh, I, I've got a lot of dreams in my heart. That's just the beginning. And, and uh, so as I've been dreaming and thinking about things that uh, uh, Holy Spirit has begun to stir in me to imagine, uh, some of them are so big, they're almost like scary. Anybody have some dreams that are bigger than you are? Have some imagination that you go, wow, you know, that, uh, am I reverting back to childhood fantasies here, or is this, a, is this an imagination that God's putting in my heart for something that's bigger than anything I've ever imagined before in my life? And so, as I've been thinking about all this, I started asking the Holy Spirit, what are, what are some of the things that stop us uh, from being able to have godly imaginations? And Holy Spirit spoke a clear word. He said, my people do not recognize my voice. They don't recognize my voice. And it's not because God's not talking. It's because we have too much noise in our life. And I began to go through Scripture and realize how many times when God spoke, he didn't shout Didn't use a microphone. Didn't use a drum roll. But he whispered. And and when I heard that in my spirit, I got convicted. Lord, how many times, you know, have I been out on my prayer walk and I'm so loud that I can't even hear you? 
You know, I want to get my prayer time in. I want to pray for all the people I'm praying over and all the people I'm concerned for and people I'm making intercession for, people in my church family that are going through battles, family issues, marriage problems, uh, sickness, disease. And, and so I want to get all those prayers in and, you know, and you get your worship time in. But, but Holy Spirit said, son, you have a hard time. Maybe this is just my confession today, and y'all can sit there and say, Pastor, we're going to be praying for you, because <laughs> y'all are all so spiritual. I know. I understand y'all are way, way up there. But uh, yeah, he, he, he said, you, you don't know how to get quiet. I'm like, Lord, I've been at home for a year. It's been pretty quiet. But he said, you got a lot of noise in your life. Got music playing, you, you know, even though it's good music, it's worship music. And some, sometimes the Lord's wanting to talk and he can't, he can't speak above the, the, the loudness of our worship music. And so I, I want to share these four words in a couple of moments. But before I do, I want to challenge us and encourage us, stir us a little bit as we kind of get ready for Christmas, a few days off, school's about to be out and and uh, that, that, that there is a way that we can begin to take time to say, Lord, I want to develop a hearing ear. I mean, I want to hear the voice of God. Now, I know if I walked out of here and went in a lot of churches today and said, God's still talking, people look at you like, ooh, that guy's been smoking crack. But God is still talking. And he's got a lot to say about our situation. Our day that we're living in, what we're going through, the battles that we're facing. And, and we, we, we need to sometimes turn off all the prophetic voices out there and, and all the intercessory voices out there and, and all the preacher voices out there and all your family voices out there. And we need to get quiet so that we can say, God, I need to hear from you. So I want to read a, a few passages of Scripture, starting with Psalm 91, verse 1, just six of these verses. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear COVID or the terror of night. As believers, we do not have to give in to fearing everything that the news is telling us we have to fear. Now, if you sit in front of stupid vision for six, eight hours a day and fill your mind with all that negative stuff, if you get online and read all that negative stuff, and then you spend 33 seconds in your devotional, and you wonder, well, I know pastor says I don't have to have fear, but I got some fear. Well, of course you have some fear. Because what you're consuming yourself with, I, I'm literally at a point right now where I just cannot tolerate any more news. Not about the elections, not about COVID, not about the deep, dark winter we're about to enter in, not about how bad things are, because that's not what God's Word says. And, and, and I literally, I just, ooh, I just cringe. Every morning I have to, I'm going to get somebody to help me on my, my cell phone, because again, I'm so technical, but, but uh, 
Every morning, the first thing I have to do before I can get my devotions is delete about 45 emails of bad news or somebody wanting my money. Man, what is it with that Giving Tuesday thing? My gosh. I'm like, I, I, I really, I prayed for some of my pastor friends who sent stuff out, and I was like, I can't even imagine me sitting down and writing to people that are not a part of our family and asking them, don't you want to give on Giving Tuesday to the Rock of Gainesville? I just need to move on, right? <laughs> but we have to... We have to replace what noise is in here if we want the fullness of all that God has for us. You will not fear the tear of the night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. We have, you know, Psalm 91, there was a time in my life when I was in the military, another lifetime ago, 45 years ago, and uh, I was going to jump school. Most of you have heard this story, but I, I was getting ready to, get, to jump out of my first airplane, and um, you know, I'd lived most of my life bound up in all kind of fear, fear of darkness, fear of elevators, fear of a closet, uh, I wouldn't climb a tree, uh, fear of falling, fear, fear of everything. And then I went to Bible college and my fears grew. And, and finally, Holy Spirit said, I have a, a, a Bible college training for you. It's called the United States Air Force. I want you to go commit four years. You can't quit. You have to grow up. You got to learn discipline in your life and you got to get in my word. I was like, well, I, I thought I was supposed to do all that in Bible college, but in Bible, well, I'm going to leave that alone too. So I just, I went in the Air Force and before long, I realized one day uh, my major had asked me, uh, had told me about a bunch of different uh, classes that were available that I could sign up for. I was an airman, no stripes on my arm. I mean, I'm just an E1 basic airman, and I'm just in, and, and I find myself standing before this major, uh, popping him a salute and, and saying, sir, I'd like to sign up for all these classes, water survival school, land survival school, desert survival school, um, uh, airborne jump school, and, and all of a sudden I caught this coming out of my mouth, airborne jump school, where you jump out of a perfectly good airplane. <laughs> and I wanted to retrieve those words, but, but I felt like this was a Holy Spirit thing. And, and I found myself a couple of months later after going through water survival school and, and land survival school, Arctic survival school, and POW camp, I meant jump school, and, uh, and I'm the only Air Force guy there, and so all of a sudden, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in chapel every day, I'm reading the Word every day, I'm about to jump out of a plane, man, I'm, I'm making sure everything's right. <laughs> so, you know, I go to the first week of chapel, and there's like eight of us there, and I go to the second week, because it's just ground week. The first week, you just jump out off a little two-foot tower and land and roll, and, you know, do it left, do it right, left, right, it's like you're dancing, and, and you're hitting five balls of contact, your balls of your feet, the calf, the thigh, the buttock, and your soft part of your back, and you just hit and roll, hit and roll, hit and roll, hit and roll. So, uh, the first week, there's like eight of us in chapel. Second week, we're going to go up on this 35-foot tower and jump out and kind of learn what it's going to be like to have those straps around your legs. And, and then at the end of the week, we're going to be hooked up to this cable, and they're going to pull us up 250 feet underneath the parachute. And when the winds are right, they're going to tell you to click your uh, feet, and then they're going to drop the, ca the cable, let's go of the parachute, and you come floating down 250 feet. And so that week, 
There were about 70 guys in jump school in, in chapel on Sunday morning. Now there's 700 of us in the class. And so we finish all that and get through that and survive that. And only one guy broke his leg. And, you know, it was a good deal. It was a good percentage, only one out of 700. And, uh, and then we're getting ready for a jump week. And I go to chapel like two minutes before service starts because, it, you know, there's plenty of chairs. <laughs> Except on this Sunday morning, it's packed to the hill. It's standing room only. They're in there doing all kind of prayer confessions. They're on their knees. They got their Jewish thing going, their Catholic thing going, their Protestant thing going. They're talking. I'm listening to guys who've been swearing all week, and now they're saying, God, if you'll let me live uh, tomorrow, I'll, I'll serve you all the days of my life. Liar! <laughs> Bunch of liars. Next day, you know, I'm standing at the door of this airplane because I was the Air Force guy, the only Air Force guy, 600 Army guys, uh, 32 Navy SEALs, eight uh, Marines, and one Air Force guy. And so they said, Air Force, you like to fly. You're going to go first. <laughs> so they put me at the door, and I'm standing at the door. And you know what's coming out of my mouth? Psalm 91. I mean, I am speaking the Word of God. I'm declaring the word of God. I wasn't doing it out of a desperation. I was doing it out. Now, I would lie if I said there wasn't a little anxiety. I'm about to step out of a perfectly good airplane at 2,500 feet and trust that that guy that packed my parachute, you know, wasn't smoking weed this morning. And if it did, it messes up this one on my front side, it'll work. And so uh, I'm standing at the door and man, I'm just declaring the word of God. But in that moment, my life was forever radically changed because this is what I heard God said. I can take care of you right here, right now, as easily as I can take care of you walking across the street. No difference. Your trust and your hope is not in your circumstance. It's, it's in the relationship you have with me. And that, that, that sergeant with his big, uh, he had a black hat on, we called them black hats, and uh, he, he said to me as I'm standing at the door, he said, now when that green light goes and I say go, he said, you're not going to have but one second to go. And if you're not out that door, these size 15 boots are going to push you because the only way you're getting back on the ground is out this door. And I just looked at him and smiled. I'm standing there at the door. That green light came on, and man, I jumped and all of a sudden, all that noise, the plane, the noise, the shuddering, the, the guys behind me praying, you know, doing their rosaries and everything. I mean, they're, they're crying out to God, oh, God, help me not die today. But when that green light went and I jumped out and all of a sudden it got whoo, quiet. And it was the most amazing sensation I'd ever experienced. It was a quiet whisper of wind as that parachute opened. I looked up, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> grabbed hold of those toggles and started looking for the flight landing and realized right then and there, man, God's always with me and he's always with you and he's wanting to speak to us out of our word out of our circumstances, out of our praise, out of our prayer time, God is wanting our attention so he can declare his word. Now listen to this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. I have read this so many times over my lifetime, preached this in so many different ways. I was reading this this week and something came alive 
One verse, verse 6 of Matthew 6. Jesus is saying here to the disciples, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly. Now, I've always read that and wondered and questioned at times, you know, does God ever want us to pray out loud public? It's not talking about that at all. It's not even talking about us. What it's talking about is there is a place where God is. And if you'll find your way there, he'll be speaking to you. It might be in a corporate prayer meeting. When you go to a corner and quiet yourself, it might be in your closet at home. It might be on your prayer walk. It might be on your front porch. It might be sitting in your fireplace. It might be driving to work. But you find the secret place where God is, where his presence is allowed to be among you. You've invited him. You've invited Holy Spirit. You've honored Jesus. You've acknowledged that Jesus is the door to the Father. And you have legal access to the Father through your prayer time. And as you do that, the secret place of God, that's where you want to begin to learn how to quiet yourself to hear his whisper. The other morning when Holy Spirit spoke these four words to me, Suzanne was sleeping sound. Roxy was in the other room sleeping. It was quiet as a mouse in the house. There's no sound at all. And all of a sudden, the wee hours of the morning, because I've been crying out, For weeks, God, I want to hear. And all of a sudden, he's speaking. And I'm hearing. I don't know if when you hear, you hear with these ears. Or the ears of your heart. The ears of your mind. The ears of your spirit. But I know this, that when God talks, you know it's him. When the enemy talks. I hope you know when it's him. The enemy of your soul is talking, and he, he, unlike God, is always shouting. He's shouting. He's demanding your attention. Turn on the television. I really need to get in the Word. Oh, but you, you need to hear what they have to say on this channel. Who do you think that? Is that God? Well, if it's not God, then who is it? See, there's a battle raging if we're going to learn how to dare to, to imagine the things of God, we have to hear God. We have to know his voice. Because God is wanting to say some things in 2020 and 2021 to the people, not only of the Rock of Gainesville, but his people worldwide. I don't fear the day we're moving into. Did you hear me? Anybody else not fearing? Or are we fearing? See, it's according to what's in you, whether what you just said is the truth or not. You might have just said yes, and your spouse sitting beside you say, liar. That's not what you talk about at home. That's not what comes out of you all the time, fearful, afraid. Listen, if you are, acknowledge it, buy into it, accept it, repent of it. Because without faith, it's impossible. Come on, somebody. To please God. Without faith. So, so yes, we're living in troubling days. Yes, we're living in difficult times. And yes, we, we wonder, will life ever be normal like it was two years ago? I don't know if it ever will be. But is normal God anyhow? 
Is normal American Christianity? Or is living in faith, standing in faith, saying, God, all I want my normal to be is to be obedient to your word. Amen? So where can you develop a confidence to grow your godly imagination? These are questions I'd like you to meditate on them today, throughout the day, throughout this week. What will enable you to dare to imagine? You know what will keep you from it. What will help you? What stifles godly imagination? What, what, what inhibits you from being able to, for some folks, it's disobedience. And I want to encourage you to do this. One, be willing to ask questions like I just asked to yourself and to God. And if you find out through the process of hearing that God is saying, your heart really is not here with me. See, a lot of people, they're, they, they visit church, but their, their God is their possession, their, their home or their job or their name, their career, their boat. A lot, a lot of people say, I love God. No, no. They like the idea of God. And they sure like the idea of heaven. They don't want to go to hell. I mean, if I ask right now, anybody want to go to hell? Everybody in this room is smart enough to not want to go to hell, even though we can't fully comprehend it. But it is separation from our Father. And I don't like to be separated from my Father. Man, I I don't want any kind of sin to keep me. Anybody committed sin in the last, let's say, five years? A sin that, that, that caused you to feel distant from God? I have. I don't like that feeling. And because God loves us so much, he doesn't wait till week from Sunday and the pastor preaches and, 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 the, and the choir sings just as I am and you finally decide to get it right. No, the Father we love and serve, he is knocking at our door constantly because he loves us so much that when we mess up, he says, is that really what you want your life to be? But you know, it's hard to get on your knees and worship God. When you got a whole lot of sin in your life from yesterday. I mean, you can fake it. You can look up into the sky. I've always wondered, what are they looking for? Yeah, I mean, they're looking up there. He's in here. His presence is in here. And he loves us so much, he wants us. To be able to hear his voice so that we'll obey his voice. So that we will be used for his glory in this generation. Lastly, what do you need to do in your life to enable your ability to free up your imagination? Can I tell you something? Jesus said, unless you come to me like a little child... What are children children really good at? (laughs) Imagination. Man, they imagine. They sit at the table. Some of my grandkids, Lord have mercy, they can talk. And you get alone with them, they don't shut up. And man, they will tell you, they will just tell you amazing stuff. 
They'll tell you amazing stuff about their parents too. Their parents like, they need to start saying, now when you go to Baba's house, you don't tell any of our dark secrets. They tell everything. Kids tell everything. Man, I get them on a golf cart. Hey, what's going on in your house? <laughs> one of my grandkids, we're riding down the road one day and he's in the back seat. I'm not going to say who it is. And he said, he said, Baba, I'm glad you don't text while you drive. <laughs> I said, well, every once in a while, I'm actually guilty of it. I do a lot of voice texting. So if I sent you a bad word, it's because it was a voice text. <laughs> and he said, yeah, my daddy texts a lot when he drives. I said, well, what about your mama? <laughs> Now, mama doesn't text much, but she puts on her makeup and drives with her knee. Let <laughs> row. <laughs> that pretty much could fit just about all of us in this room. But children have an amazing imagination. That's why kids get saved so easy when they're young. You just tell them about God's love, and they were like, I want God's love. The other day, one of my grandkids had a birthday, and, and the night of her birth, I think it was the night of her birthday, I don't remember. Ari, was it the night of Ari's birthday? When, when was it? It was what? Oh. No, it was after Thanksgiving, I think. He took Ari home and talked about the birthday, and she talked about, she, Ollie started sharing Jesus with Ari and on, and then had the privilege of leading her eight-year-old. Is she eight? Eight the next day, which is how old I was when I got saved. How many were eight when you got saved? A few of us. And Ari said, well, I want Jesus in my life. And for her birthday, you know what she wanted? She wanted Baba to baptize her. Man. See, Jesus said, unless you come like a child, every one of us in this room, the gray hairs, the no hairs, a lot of hairs, <laughs> the young, the old, all of us, God wants us to let our imagination begin to not run wild, but run wild in him. I've started saying, God, I, I want to see stuff that I've just will blow my mind. I, I want to experience some things that are bigger than just church on Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes. Today, more like an hour and 25 minutes. So... What do we have to do to get to this place where these four points I'm going to share with you have opportunity to grow in our life? So here they are, very simple, incredibly simple. That's how God talks to me. <laughs> Some of you I know God uses really big words. For me, he uses really little words. So I'm laying in bed about four in the morning, and I, I'm just thinking about my imagination. And Holy Spirit gave me these four words. They just bam, 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 bam. The first one was this. You got to see it. You got to see it by faith. What is God wanting you to see for your marriage? Last night, we had a wonderful celebration here, our first wedding in our new facility, and Pastor Tad and Missy's daughter, Michaela, uh, was given away in marriage. It was a beautiful ceremony, and the vows that the kids wrote were powerful, and I had the privilege to come up and pray over them, and I just reaffirmed their words 
Because in Michaela's, in Michaela's vows, it was so cute. She, she vowed that she wanted to be married to Austin for at least 70 years. Well, they lived together 70 years. I don't think she'll be interested in looking for another man at that point. You know, so I mean, that's a long time. And, uh, but, but something in my spirit just leapt the, the, the idea that, that, I mean, for most of us, 70 years is like, whoo, that's a long time. And it is until you reach 70 and you look back and you go, wow, where did that go? The second one is you got to believe it. You got to believe it through faith. See, you can't believe for something that you don't see. You don't see it in the natural because you, you remember what imagination is. It's, it's the things that are not yet seen or present. Holy Spirit's dropped it in your heart, your spirit, your mind. And you begin to see it. I saw this building. I was telling Pastor Jose yesterday, you know, we owned this land for 22 years. And when we first got it, man, I saw stuff. And then life happened. You know, struggles and battles and difficulties and spiritual warfare. And we went through all kinds of seasons until a couple years ago came out and I was walking through the property praying and I said, Lord, why did you give us this land? Will we ever build here? Should I just sell it and give all the money away? Should I, you know, I, I was just asking the Lord all these things. But December the 13th, 2020, here we sit. For me, it was a long time. For God, it was nothing. Nothing. 22 years, it's nothing. God gives you a vision, a dream. He stirs up in your heart and you begin to imagine something. Maybe you're married with family and kids and, and you, you, you've gone to every park that Orlando, Florida offers. So many times you sing the songs in your dreams. It's a small no. I haven't been to that thing in like 25 years. I can sing that whole song. It's, it's a curse. Because <laughs> it's really not a small world. It's an amazing world God created. But you begin to imagine until your seeing becomes believing. You still, it's not there, it's not in the natural, but somehow in your spirit, you start believing. You know, as a boy, when I got saved, the Lord put in my heart missions. And I prayed for Africa and I prayed for India all the way up through Bible college. Never been to India, and yet for two years at Christ for the Nations, I went every single morning at 6 o'clock to intercessory prayer group, and for 30 minutes I prayed over the nation of India with a, 10 other students, and I've yet never been to India and don't know if I'll ever go. But for two solid years, I stood in intercession and prayed for the lost of India, for, for the government of India, for, the, for, for all that God wants to do in that nation. Because as a boy, my pastor had been to India like 75 times. And his stories caused me to imagine 
things that I'd never seen in the church in America. And then I imagined Africa. And one day, Apostle Ball calls and says, son, I need you to go with me on a trip. I'm thinking I'm going to drive him from Panama City to North Carolina or Atlanta or somewhere. He says, no, I need you to get a passport. Been invited to go to Kinshasa, Zaire, Africa. And I need you to go with me. Our church was not even a year old. We were 65, 70, 80 people, no money. But Apostle said, you pray about it. You ask your wife about it, your children, and let me know. I prayed, felt like I was supposed to go. Suzanne gave me her blessing. The boys were little. Put Nathan in charge of the home. He was about seven years old, six and a half. That probably went well. And, uh, but uh, I started imagining. And then the day came when I got on that plane. And not only did I see it and believed it, but the third thing, Holy Spirit spoke the other morning, and he says, then you have to speak it. You got to speak it. Speak that which is not, hear me, as though it is, because in the spirit realm with God, it already is. It's already been accomplished. We prayed, you people in here, from the north, south, east, and west, from nations all over the world, Many of you are sitting in here today, and this was not what you imagined when you were young. You had plans, but God had different plans. And our willingness to obey enables us to stand up, see it, believe it, begin to speak it. Speak it. And hear me, be careful who you're speaking it to. You might want to just start by speaking it to God. Because your friends, even your spiritual friends, that don't have an ear to hear what God's saying to you will be the greatest distraction or maybe the destroyer of your ability to obey God because they don't see what God's shown you. Hear me. They don't have to see. But you begin to speak it in faith. And then four... You receive it because of your faith. Now, I was literally speaking these four words over and over again until I fell back asleep, woke up, and thought, did I have a dream last night? And all of a sudden, I heard, see it, believe it, speak it, and receive it. And I got up, got my dog taken care of, fed her, put her on her leash, and took off for our morning walk. And all of a sudden, those four words just kept stirring inside of me. And I said, God, what do you want me to see? Because what you want me to see, I am excited about, anticipating, waiting, because whatever it is, I'm going to believe. And then once that belief system takes effect, then you begin to speak it as though it already was. We have seven people in our body right now fighting very, that I know of. Seven precious people in this house fighting some kind of serious disease. We have 
Other issues, financial issues, business issues, marital issues, family issues, children issues. But seven people that I pray for every single day. And I said last week, Lord, I, I want to put these four words into practice as I am praying over these precious people and declaring your word. Because even though bad reports come, and again, you spend much time watching television, and it's one bad report after another. It brings confusion and frustration and fear. And if you don't know how to balance it with, look, I'm not telling you you should be ignorant of what's going on. Just don't let it dictate your life and your walk with God. Amen? All right, I got to move on. I can't believe that thing's in red up there, so whatever. I'm finishing. I told them the other day when I sent them my notes, I said, I think I can preach this message in about 90 minutes. So, all right, listen to this. Imagine yourself fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Imagining yourself. If you just closed yourself in right now, nobody else is in the room. You're sitting in the sanctuary of the Lord, and it's you and God. And all of a sudden, you say, I not only want to know what the will of God is for my life, I want to see myself fulfilling it. What is the purpose of God for my life? In John chapter 5, verse 19 says this. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him. So listen to this. So that we say we, we. say me. me, so that we will marvel. How many times in your walk with God recently have you marveled at the awesomeness of God? We, we bebop into church. We're talking with people. The worship team's up here trying to lead us into worship. And we're, we're, we act like we're at some social event. We, we, don't, we don't even marvel at the presence of God. We, we don't shut everything else off so that we can just enter in and worship God with the saints. So much distraction. We have to fight. And I said, God, I want to marvel. I want to marvel at your goodness. I want to not forget what you have done. I need to hear some fresh testimonies. I need to see what you've done in, in someone's life, in a marriage, in a family. I want to see restoration. And when I do, I want to acknowledge it for what it is. I want to see you touch a woman's body that, that's not been able to have a child and heal that womb and a baby comes forth. I want to marvel at your goodness. I want to look at the things that you're doing and saying and speaking and declaring and, and have a fresh new childlike passion for God. You know, it's hard for me because during worship, y'all are out here worshiping, I envy you so much, uh, but I'm back behind that screen in, in a little dark room, and, 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 this, and the TV's on, and I'm watching, and I'm worshiping myself. There's just, there's just something about corporate worship. You say, well, pastor, you're in the room, but it ain't the same. And I, I'm looking forward to that day when I can walk out in the midst of you, that I can once again hug every single neck. Hug everybody. Don't you just long to hug somebody? 
I ask people all the time when they see me, I don't hug everybody. And I ask everybody before I hug them, are you well? <laughs> well, I think I am. Well, I'm not hugging you. If, all, if, I, if you only think. If you know you're well, I'm going to hug you. But there's something about an embrace of a brother and sister in the kingdom that, that just does something inside of you. You know, I read an article the other day, and it wasn't a Christian article. And it was talking about all the doom and gloom of what's going on in our world, the suicide, depression, all the things that are happening. And this article, they went over, the person that wrote the article went over to Gallup polls and asked them to give us a percentage, give us a survey of people that are going to a house of God, a house of worship. And in this article, this person wrote that the people that on a, a regular weekly basis attended the house of God were 70% mentally healthier than those that don't. 70%. You think the enemy doesn't want to keep you out of the house of God, keep you away from the family of God? He does. Because there's something about just being at home alone that will just mess with your mind. We need the body of Christ. And I'm looking for the time. I'm imagining, I'm seeing when we're going to be able to walk in faith and, and be back the whole body of Christ together, being able to minister and lay hands on one another. That's the word of God. Yeah, but that's not, you know, we got, we got, we got all this stuff. Somewhere along the line, the church has got to decide if we serve the risen God or just another fake God. We either have faith or we don't. But let's not act like we know God and walk with God and believe God and have faith in God when all of our actions show that we don't. Let me read you one last story. Ezekiel chapter 37. One of my favorite Old Covenant stories. So God speaks to the prophet Ezekiel, and Ezekiel writes, verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And God said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord God, <laughs> you know. God was wanting Ezekiel to see. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones began to come together, bone to its bone. And pause there. What is it that God's taken you to and says to you, son of God, son of man, woman of God, woman of man, 
What do you see? What dry bones is God wanting your eyes to open up to? What circumstance in your family, in your finances, in your relationships, in your physical body, in your vision, in your purpose for living, in the desire to go somewhere and to give your life to something greater than just church once a week on Sunday morning? Who is it that God's wanting you to speak into? To impact. How dry are their bones? How dead are they around you? And God's saying, what do you see? And can they live? Some of you have children. They're so far from God, you, you, you struggle to even have an ounce of faith to believe that they could ever get right. God wants you to begin to imagine them saved. Dry bones coming to life. Breath coming back into their heart. Some of you have parents that are getting up there in age and they do not walk with God. And you realize and understand that if they die in their condition, they're going to go to hell, be separated from God forever. It'll change and impact your life. Maybe you have a husband or a wife, someone you work with and God's just ask you, what do you see in this person's life? God, they're dead. They are messed up, strung out. God says, but what do you see? What do you see? Can you see them alive in Christ? Can you see them standing in church with their hands lifted up, worshiping God? Can you imagine your lost husband, your lost wife, your lost child standing in the house of God, gloriously saved? Saying, man, I, I haven't imagined that in a long time, Pastor. They're really, really messed up. <laughs> but so were you. And God reached out in his mercy, his grace, his love, his goodness. And he saved you. And I be looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them. <coughs> Excuse me, but there was no breath in them. Then God said to me again, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live again. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, and there was an exceeding great army. Say, Pastor, what in the world does this story of Ezekiel and dry bones have to do with me? As I was meditating on that, Ezekiel was asked by the Father, do you see the bones? You got to see. And then secondly, God asked, can these bones live? He was asking Ezekiel, can you believe? What is it that God wants you to see right now? And can you believe it? Can you believe? Even though in the natural, it looks like it's never gonna happen. God said, prophesy. What is prophecy? He said, speak to the bones. Some of you are struggling in your marriage. And I told these kids last night, you're going to fight. 
But don't let your fight be too long. You need to learn how to fight together to God for your marriage. If we would start fighting for our marriages in the body of Christ, in the church worldwide, we would have a lot less divorces, maybe zero, if we would fight for that which is worthy to fight for. He said, speak it. And Ezekiel watched as his word spoke life, and he received it. So he wants you to see. He wants you to believe. He wants you to speak, and then he wants you to receive it. A year ago at this point in my life, I was very sick. With many of these seven that I pray for, in every sense of the word, I was given a death sentence. Except, Suzanne, I said, no, that's not what I see. That's not what I believe. Therefore, we let our words speak, not what the doctors had said, reaffirming that I'm going to die in three months, but we spoke God's word is greater than the sickness or the disease. And we spoke it. And today, most of you, when you see me, it'll come right out of your mouth before you can pull it back. How you doing, Pastor? And I said, it's, and then they, I know I'm not supposed to ask you that. And I say, it's okay. You can ask me that. Because not only by faith, but in the natural, I'm feeling really good. Amen. See, what the devil meant for bad to destroy can be turned in reverse by your words. You speak it. You care how bad the situation is or how difficult. I want to ask you to stand with me. I've asked Jamie and the worship team to come up here sing one of my favorite songs. It's called Rattle. Because, listen to me, I want us for a moment to block everybody else around us and just focus. And I want to ask you to do something. I want, you to, I want to ask you to consider, what is God saying to you? What is it that He wants you to believe? What is it that he ultimately wants you to speak out of your mouth over your circumstance, your situation? I don't care how difficult it is. I told you a couple of weeks ago, God can heal cancer as easy as he can kill, uh, heal a common cold. I don't know if y'all realize, but nobody's dying anymore of the flu or pneumonia. It's all COVID. Flu's been wiped out, praise God. But the reality is, there's a lot of sickness out there. And, and, and some of us gotta learn how to speak it over our body. Now, I'm gonna speak this word until the bones start rattling. Come on, somebody, I'm gonna speak this until my marriage starts rattling. I'm gonna speak this over my finances till they start rattling. I'm gonna speak the word of God until my circumstance and my, and my situation changes because God's word is more powerful. Amen. Lift up your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we rejoice in what you're saying to us, stirring in us, desiring for us to see, to believe, to speak, and to receive. And as we sing this song, even prophetically, even as you spoke to Ezekiel and said, Son of man, prophesy, speak the word. 
So I say to the church this morning, those of you that are at home watching online, stand up in your living room and, and worship with us and begin to speak this word over your life. What is it that God's wanting to say over you? What is it that he's wanting you to overcome? What is it that he's putting inside you to dream for, to imagine that's bigger than you? God wants to rattle and shake until our spirit man is fully alive. Lord, I bless you and thank you for this word. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.